good running weather this week in case anybody. <laughs> oh, no. Carrie, I'm very I'm sorry for your no good running weather. Dice. Well, you know, this was the week I was going to start running. I turned 31, and, you know, it yeah. just seemed like the yeah. thing to do. And then oh, it rained God. all week. I was gonna start running. The earth is literally mourning for the fact that I'm 31 and I was going to start running. Right. You, yeah. Sure. <laughs> The oh, earth is mourning. The earth is mourning that I turned thirty-one. Yes, maybe, maybe not that you were going to start running, but they are definitely mourning that you're old. Yeah, yeah. As are the rest of us. Just yeah. me. Oh, one mechanic thing. <laughs> yes. Before we start recording, uh, mm-hmm. because of y'all losing. Well, yes. <laughs> Before we. Oh, the crew theme. Start doing things. Um, I put it in all caps on my page huh? that we needed a new crew theme. No, you will not get a new crew theme. Oh, we will yeah. not get a new crew theme. Um, but you'll get a donut nose. So we should be the <laughs> secret <laughs> agent people now for no reason. Secret, secret agent man. Secret agent man. This is going to be good. I'm Since the good. crew lost their theme, you each get four help and hurt points. Oh, that's oh, right. You may distribute these. Between everybody, as yeah, you see cool. fit, but sure. every single person Something. must get at least one. Tessa, are you, uh, Tessa. Carrie, are you getting pencils? Yeah. Thank Fine. you. I'm going to give Tessa three hurt points. <laughs> 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 Not one. Tessa. Faye. Sorry. Say. I love Tessa. I don't love Faye. <laughs> we, are, we are coming into this session with very clear player character lines. Hello, friends. My name is Adam, and you are listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. Welcome to the Weekly News. I'm Jack Branson, and this is your city. A few nights ago, a water treatment plant on Blanco Street exploded. City officials have claimed that the cause of the explosion was a gas main leak, and that necessary precautions to prevent further interruptions like this have been taken. A statement from Mayor Hamill's office reads, Residents on Blanco Street and across the city can rest easy. Last night, city park-goer festivities were interrupted by the sounds of gunfire from deeper in the park. Further investigation has revealed that the sounds were fireworks set off by delinquents to frighten park-roaming citizens. In more uplifting news, the city has sold a large swath of public property. The sale will fund many grants and facelifts to public services across the city. Protesters of the sale have brought up human rights violations, and they fear where unhoused citizens will live. But the mayor's office wants to assure the public that this is a step in the right direction for the city as a whole. I'm getting word now from the mayor's office. Mayor Pip Hamill has collapsed. He is being taken to the hospital immediately. We will keep you updated on this developing... I'm getting more word now. I'm being told that the missing children... All the missing children that have gone missing over the past year have been found. Our reporter, Kit Myers, is on site now. Let's cut to Kit for more information about this awe-inspiring situation. Kit? Previously on Misconceptions... (laughs) (laughs) The crew... God, what happened? 
Um, so flinging, flinging, hard to open. So flinging, flinging. Previously, uh, on Misconceptions, the crew uh, had tracked down Linda Lockwood, tracking her down to the candy-colored house of her upbringing. Um, and while there, they found Pip alive and very unwell, held together by stitches of magic and surgery, um, and they found numerous dozens of gingerbread pips just waiting to be activated to take Pip's place. Uh, they found a catatonic Logan, um, or I guess an unresponsive Logan, uh, the brother of Linda Lockwood. And while investigating, Linda appeared with the wolf in tow. A fight broke out, and then Faye arrived with her newly accepted mantle of protector of the garden, teleporting to the site instantaneously through a tree. And upon arriving, Faye went full avatar, opening herself up to Maid Marian and the story of Maid Marian to gain access to all sorts of awe-inspiring powers to help her defeat Linda and Logan. Meanwhile, Mohammed was looking for Woodard and jumped into an oven to find him, and in this oven found a breadcrumb trail of memories left behind by Linda. Memories of Linda's uh, childhood with her brother Logan under the thumb of an abusive witch that used to live in this home. And at the same time, we got to see Mohammed's story unfold as he was welcomed in by Woodard and Woodard's grandmother and grew up with Woodard uh, and eventually became the uh, pro bono lawyers, but also the out of the law vigilantes that they are now. Uh, outside, Linda was defeated. Esther was about to kill Linda. But Mohammed intervened and talked Esther down. And after talking Esther down, it was Faye that dealt the fatal blow to Linda, using the earth around her to crush her. And as soon as Linda died, all of her magic dissipated. Her magical spells that kept Pip alive, her magical spells that kept the rat pack hidden away from the city, her magical spells that kept. Uh, Logan, or the soul of Logan, in the gingerbread homunculus that was the wolf. All of it undone. It is the beginning of a new recording session, so that means it is time for our end game roll. Currently, you are rolling with an encroaching danger four status. Whoever wants to roll the end game move, please roll 2d6 with a plus four and tell me what you get. Go for it. Christian is rolling. Sure, they don't want me to roll. Oof. That's a 15. A 15. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Excellent. It's a 15. Okay. Oh, yes. the plus four. I was like, that's 11. <laughs> and I'm bad at math. Yes, like, Carrie, I know. You <laughs> get a 15 on 2d6. No. I was very confused oh, and uh, concerned. Okay. Oh, so the encroaching danger four status. Uh, we'll step up by three pips. 
It is one away from being oh, the pip. encroaching danger five status. Oh, okay. Pippity pip pip pip. Um, oh, he does still use pips. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah. That's that's that. Three things are going to happen around the city connected to that and connected to the cabal's end game. Uh, and also, one of them is dead. Yes. Uh, a lot of them are dead. Actually, only two of them are alive. Wow. <laughs> Um, but yes, also at the end of last session, the crew lost their crew theme. Uh, and as per the rules, whenever you lose a crew theme, uh, it has disastrous consequences for you and your teammates. So, uh, without going into the nitty gritty, everybody, all the players at this table got four help and hurt points that they could divide as needed. Um... Let's go around the table. Tell us uh, where did those help and hurt points go? Tessa, where'd they go? I gave two to Esther because she was also willing for a moment at least to kill Linda with me. And I, two help points, sorry. And I gave two hurt points to Muhammad because he was just being a real buzzkill. <laughs> oh no. Stop, stop harshing my murdering vibe, dude. My uh, Okay, uh, Christian, what did you do? Um, I gave two help points to Esther because she has been... Like, she listened to me. Mm. And she's not a murdering psycho right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Um, we'll and then see Faye, later. I gave two her points because she's a murdering psycho. <laughs> right now. Right, right now. now. <laughs> uh, and then Carrie, what'd you do? I gave Faye one help point because... I'm not hating it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one hurt point because okay. she's crazy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave Muhammad two help points because, you know. Okay. Because y'all, I mean, y'all went into that house together and investigated it together. Yeah. Neither of us died. We failed. So. true. <clears throat> All right. Well, with that out of the way, let's get to the episode. This episode opens up in the cottage. We see a long shot of Faye and Woodard's living room. But everything seems a little more gray and dreary than usual. Sure, there's still the plants, the beautiful flowers, the festive throws over the couches. But the three figures in the cottage just seem slumped and defeated. Esther and Mohammed, I would like for you to take a moment and describe what does the audience see as the camera slowly pans through the kitchen towards the living room. You see Mohammed come out of a side bedroom and gently close the door um, before walking to the kitchen, uh, opening up the freezer and pulling out a just like oven bake pizza, walking over to the oven. Turning it on to preheat. Um, Esther is sitting on the couch and she has a blanket wrapped around her, almost like you would see somebody like after a traumatic event that's like been in shock and so they're like kind of wrapped up like that. And she has a mug um, and she's just like staring into the mug. And Woodard stands by the mantle of the fireplace, one hand on his hips, the other in a fist with his knuckles folded against his forehead, uh, with his elbow resting on the mantle, uh, just very 
pensive and quiet, uh, and the audience may notice that Faye is not present in this scene. And we have this awkward silence between these three, and Woodard says, So she just... killed them. I mean, yeah, if you want to put it in simple terms... But it was more complex than that. She didn't just come in and murder them. Well, I'm sure Faye is not a murderer. She is, I mean, in our line of work, there is a certain amount of violence that happens, but she has never killed an unarmed, well, Lynn, but... That was thinking that you know, there was something more nefarious going on, so he moves his knuckles to his mouth and kind of bites on the one of his knuckles, deep in thought. Mohammed has been leaning on the barrier between the kitchen and the, and the front room. Something's, something's different about her. I don't know what's going on, but she's not right. Esther takes a sip of her drink. Well, is it such a bad thing? Want Linda and Logan bad people? If you want it to be simple, then yes. But it's never quite that simple. They were a product of their environment. You or I could have turned out the same way. Things were different. Yes, but we didn't. They did. Esther kind of tilts her head and shrugs. Environment, upbringing, or whatnot, uh, we all have some level of culpability for our actions. But still, for Faye to do this, That's what bothers me. We've all been changed. These abilities, this mist, sometimes I wish I'd never seen through it. What do you mean, Mohammed? Don't you think it would be better to be ignorant of all of this? Just live our lives. Easier, mayhaps, but we would be unaware. We'd be oblivious. As we are now, we are aware. We have powers. We have the ability to do something, to, to, to make this place better. You're right. We do. We'll see it through. Mohammed, how's your shoulder? Kind of flexes it a bit. It's fine. Bad worse. Woodard walks down the hall to the bathroom, uh, out of shot. You hear the uh, the medicine cabinet open up. He walks back holding some gauze and some pain medicine, uh, and he walks over to Mohammed and just kind of awkwardly holds it out and says, "Um, I um." Actually, I have no idea what to do with this. Usually it's Faye who, um... Here. 
I've been patching you up long before Faye came around. I got it. Starts wrapping it. Pops a couple of pills. Esther, what are you doing? Wishing somebody would wrap me up. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Esther's gonna stand up and walk over to the door. Mm-hmm. And open it and look inside. Okay. Uh, Esther, you open up the door. Uh, the light from uh, outside streams in uh, through... Oh, not the sunlight! <laughs> she closes it. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the light streams in, uh, and you see like the little dust and uh, dirt mites floating in the air. Uh, and then over Esther's shoulder... Uh, we see Faye. Uh, Faye, could you describe what do we see uh, outside? Faye is facing away from the cottage, clearly in her own um, headspace. She still has this glow about her. Um, She still has this kind of regal outfit and flower crown on um that you saw in the last scene when she came out of the tree um and Faye is just slightly moving her hands in the air um with her fingers slightly bent and you're seeing trees bend and come back up and branches connect and retreat um and you just see Faye talking to herself. You can't quite make out what she's saying, but she's, she's muttering as if she's thinking out loud as she mindlessly moves nature back and forth. Do you do anything standing in the doorway, Esther? I twist my ring on my finger. And I'm wanting to sense Faye's surface thoughts. Interesting. Um, Tessa, I'll ask you this. Does Faye allow Esther to read her surface thoughts? Yeah, I think Faye is in her own element enough that she doesn't care. Um, Okay. If Esther reads her surface thoughts. Okay. So, Faye, what does Esther sense? Um, Esther gets a sense of determination. Um, It's very clear that Faye isn't feeling remorseful or guilt. Um, She feels focused. And just this overwhelming sense of the need to make things right and by make things right i mean make the system right um yeah and i think what esther senses in Faye is this sort of unfettered determination and power um you know i said unfettered but unfettered from Faye's usual apprehension or caution uh or you know uh whatever the word is for wanting to please everyone um she is free of that uh 
and now she is more in a line with nature, a system that does not take into account the feelings of anybody. Nature just is. And I think Faye is feeling a sort of liberation and unfettered freedom that she has never felt before, both in power and in emotion. Yes. Uh, I think Woodard appears at your shoulder. Oh, do you have some? I was just going to say, Esther got a lot from this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Usually we just go around the table and say one word. Uh, but Esther but- and Faye have been... Yes. They've been through some shit. Okay. It's more, it's less that she's getting her feelings and more that she's getting the lack of Faye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Do, when Esther tries to sense Faye, does she even sense right. Faye? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Woodard appears at your shoulder. Should I? What should I say? Should I talk to her? All I'm going to say is. She's different, and you've got to be careful. All right. Don't screw it up, big guy. <laughs> you she say that pushes as you him. Push him out the door. Okay. Uh, Woodard uh, tenderfootedly walks over to where Faye is, kind of stopping a few feet back. Um. Yes, Carrie. I was just like picturing like. Like the Superman episode last night, where it's like, okay, like I'm just gonna walk away, so like y'all can have your moment, and like, and but like, I, but I'm like, I'm still, yeah, yeah, I'm still here to watch. I just, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going all the way yeah, away. I'm not leaving. I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna stay in the here. shot, but yeah. Uh, so Esther's still in the background, just like I'm in the doorway. I'm nice, 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 nice. And Esther sees uh, Muhammad kind of go up to the window and just. <laughs> Open up the blinds. The blinds. <laughs> okay, good, good. Everybody's just watching. Yeah, everybody's here. Everybody's involved. Um, okay, so uh, so Woodard walks up a few feet behind Faye and stops. Yes, Woodard. Um, how do you feel, darling? I I feel fine. I do you not feel fine? Well, I actually feel surprisingly well, considering I was stuffed inside of an oven that opened up into an extra-dimensional space. And, dear, mm. um, the others are a little worried about what happened earlier. Faye at, from, hasn't been looking at Woodard. She's still been faced away from him, so she turns slightly... Worried about what? Well, um, the decisive and deliberate action you took against Linda. You killed her, Faye. Wouldn't you have? He hesitates. That's not the point. I don't think you would have. We're fighting a war, Woodard. They had trapped children. They're not good people. I helped more people than I hurt. Yes, I can't argue with that. Um, I just... 
I'm not concerned with all the people that you helped. I'm more concerned with you. And he steps forward and places a hand on your arm. I'm more concerned with your safety. And usually Faye would lean in um, or wrap her arm, you know, around him and lean in for a hug. Um, But she just stands there with his hand on her arm. I'm not worried about my safety. Very well, then. Uh, He lets his arm fall down. Ah. Good chat, good chat. Um, do you want to come inside? Uh, Esther and Mohammed are inside. We could perhaps brew some tea and sit down. I don't know if there's any need to sit down. I mean, we know what we're going after and we have someone to go take down. But I can come inside and we can make up a plan. Yes, that sounds uh, that sounds lovely. And Faye walks past him as he's in the middle of that sentence, and yeah. walks by Esther and nods to her as a soldier would to another soldier. Mm-hmm. You see, Mom, and scrambling and get on the couch. And I think Woodard is like left in the frame for a few moments, just kind of like rubbing his his index and middle finger against his thumb, just like absently by his side biting his lip and then he nods and quickly follows after you um so would it said something that we should all brew tea and chat i believe we we know what we're going after next i mean yeah i guess so okay Mahama's just sitting there, like, eyes going back and forth between uh, Faye and Esther, just like Christians are between Esther and (laughs) Carrie right now. (laughs) And Woodard is standing awkwardly in the kitchen. Earl Grey, then. Don't worry, I'll uh, make it. Sure, I can find the teabag somewhere. Please note that Faye does not create tea out of tea bags. Make tea out of tea bags. It's all like with the plants that she has lined in the kitchen. Perfect. Absolutely. That are yeah. not labeled. Yeah. Absolutely. Woodard begins opening up the cabinets looking for tea bags. Uh, As he's doing that, he hears Esther from the other room. She doesn't make it out of tea bags. At that, Faye turns and looks towards the kitchen. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you serious about the tea? Oh, yes, I thought it would just calm everyone's nerves. Uh, well, my nerves are fine, but here, move. And Faye goes in there and grabs the leaves, makes the tea, brings it back out to everyone. I think while you're, like, in there doing the tea, Woodard kind of walks onto the living room. A little help would be appreciated. What do you want us to do? I, she's... I don't know what to tell you, man. She's acting like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. I feel That's like I told, told you that. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. I gotta hate it. Yeah, I don't necessarily love it. It's not the. Well, precisely, I don't. It's not the woman I married. Wait a minute. Do y'all not like me? 
I mean, you're usually like this. Woodard says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I'm going to go into the kitchen. Yes, Esther. Do you need any help with that? No, I'm just about done. Do you want some? Um, sure. Okay. Fate, um, like, stirs it a little bit more and then pours a cup and hands it to Esther and stands very properly. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you sure you're okay? I'm okay, though everyone else seems very concerned. Yeah, I think it's because you're acting more like me than you are yourself. People seem to like you just fine. Mm, That's a stretch. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because that's what they expect from me. Look, I'm not hating the new vibe, but it's kind of freaking everybody else out. What, what's changed? You see Faye contemplating for a minute. I, I know you know me best, Esther. And she looks confused. You see, it's almost as if Faye is flashing between two different people in just the way that her eyes look from like just very hardened to more soft back to hardened to soft I am who I was meant to be I don't know what to tell you if that has changed me then that has changed me but this is who I was born to be okay great shall we Esther sticks out her hand for Faye to lead the way. Faye brings the tea into the living room. Um, for those whose nerves are um, high, tea. Um, thank you, dear. Sure. Yeah, uh, thanks. Faye, like, nods her head, and is just looking around at everyone wide-eyed, like, <laughs> what's we doing? <laughs> Mom never makes eye contact with Faye. Not once. Um, okay, well, I'm gonna let you all, um, drink some tea. I'm gonna go anywhere else. Um, and Faye walks back to her Woodard's bedroom. Does she go in and close the door? Yeah. Well, that was not productive. We took her from one place and put her in the other, and... None of us are in there with her. I think she's just focused on what needs to happen to end this. I suppose so. And I think we've all been there, so I think we just have to focus and take care of it. Yes. Perhaps to make progress, we must progress. That was deep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, let's eat something, and then I the guess The first we can pizza! Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Woodard goes in to the room. Uh, where does he find Faye in the room? There's a desk um, in the corner, and Faye is... Um, Faye is writing out different ideas of next steps, and she hears the door open and turns. Woodard is standing there in the doorway. Um, pizza's ready. Okay. He meanders into the room, going to the other side of the, the room, his side of the room. He kind of sits down on the bed with his back to you. There's a few moments of silence. And he pulls open his uh, bedside drawer table. And he pulls out a, um, a parcel of letters held together by twine. Uh, and he says, Faye, before you even met me, you knew me in the way that only two souls that have been intrinsically intertwined through time can. And I knew you. Whenever you appeared at our doorstep, I looked at you once and I knew who you were. I, my soul knew who you were. And he stands up and looks at you holding the, the letters in both hands. And darling, when I look at you right now, I, my soul does not know who you are. And I don't even know if you know who you are. He kind of taps the, the letters. You wrote these to me. Or rather to the idea of me. But then again, you knew me before we even met. These are letters. Um, he walks over and sets them on the corner of the bed closest to you. Um, some light reading material. I love you. And he doesn't wait for an answer, because in a way he doesn't expect an answer right now. But he, uh, he walks out the bedroom and kind of just closes it behind him gently. For the first time since Faye stepped out of the tree onto Linda's property, you see her eyes soften, and you see a sense of heartbreak as Woodard walks out, and then Faye slowly stands up, picks up the letters on the corner of the bed, and reads them one by one, and you see tears coming to her eyes, and you see emotion returning, and Faye, after many minutes of, of being back there reading through the letters, she takes a deep breath, and she walks out into the living room. Where is Woodard? I think Woodard is at the table with Mohammed and Esther, and it took you a while to finish this. So I think the, I think they have saved you like two slices of the frozen pizza. Yep. Faye walks, notices that, walks over to that spot, puts her hand on the chair. Hasn't made eye contact with anyone yet, 
and then looks up and you just see tears streaming down her face. And she looks over at Woodard. And then she looks at Esther and Mohammed. What did I do? And then she breaks down and starts sobbing. And I think as she starts weeping, I think uh, the camera pans through the kitchen window out into the surrounding uh, forest. And I think we see like the splatter of raindrops on the window as uh, drizzle starts to pour outside the house. Uh, And we cut away from that scene. Hello friends and welcome to the mid-rolls section of episode 90 of Misconceptions. I'm your host, David White, and I hope that you're enjoying this episode. Let's get to some show notes and some housekeeping stuff before we get back to the episode proper. First up, big news everybody, to celebrate the end of Misconceptions, we are releasing a Misconceptions t-shirt on our website misconceptionspod.com and right now there is a pre-order going on for that shirt on our website so go ahead and go to misconceptionspod.com and pre-order this shirt it is going to be printed on super soft fabric because carrie will not let me print it on any other type of shirt. She wants all of her shirts to be super soft, so that means you are going to get a super soft shirt with the Misconceptions logo on the chest, and you can represent your favorite City of Mist actual play out in the world by wearing this shirt. We are going to run this pre-order from now until the 30th. And then I'm going to spend the week of the 30th ordering the shirts, getting them here, sending them to the people that pre-ordered them, and then putting up the rest of the shirts that we're able to afford on our site for people to buy. So the thing about this is the more people we have pre-ordered a shirt, the more shirts we can have to give you later. So if you're interested, definitely go ahead and pre-order now. And super good news, if you're a patron, you have um, a discount to this t-shirt. If you're a patron, you get a discount code that gives you free shipping on this pre-order. And if you're a $30 and up patron, you already get a 10% off a coupon every month to our Misconceptions Pod merch store. Uh, and that will go towards this pre-order if you want it. So, this shirt, definitely go and get it. Uh, that Misconceptions shirt pre-order is going to be running through August 30th. 
And like I said, Misconceptions is coming to an end. I've been saying it for the past couple of episodes. Uh, and we are getting ready to record our Geek Out After the Series session where I sit down with everybody and we talk about the show, our feelings, uh, plot threads, plot holes, uh, and also just answering questions that the cast has, but also answering questions that you have about the show. So if you have any questions about the show that you would like to see answered, please email us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com or go to our Discord and post in our Burning Questions channel. As you know, this show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. I say that during the end roll of every episode, but I really do mean that. We would not be able to do what we do without our patrons. Misconceptions 2 is currently in production. I am able to pay our performers with the proceeds from our Patreon. If we did not have you, if we did not have our patrons supporting us, Misconceptions 2, I can, I can, I'll say it, Misconceptions 2 would not be happening, uh, flat out. So, patrons, thank you so much for supporting us, and, you know, just because Misconceptions 1 is ending, uh doesn't mean that it's too late to jump on our Patreon because, like I said, our Patreon is currently paying our performers for Misconceptions 2. It's paying for our website that we're doing this pre-order on. It's paying for our sound effects that we put in all of our shows. It's paying our editors for the work that they do on Misconceptions, Sins of the Father, and our patron-only show, SideQuest. So, if, if you're like, you know what, I'm in kind of a good financial place now, I can afford to give the misconceptions, oh wait, the show's ending, there's really no reason to. Yes, there is, because even though misconceptions is ending, our Patreon is not, and our need for money to keep this show going, and all of our shows going, has not ended. So, if you like this show, if you want to see all of our shows, this entire network improve and get better, please go to our Patreon and help us in any amount you can. Currently, we are trying to get back to our $500 a month level where we can afford to sustainably pay our editors for every episode they edit. We took a big hit. We fell way below that $500 a month goal, uh, and I really want to get back to that goal so I can continue to pay the editors for the hard work they do after hours. Um, and that's all the show notes stuff. Definitely go check out our pre-order on misconceptionspod.com. Get that shirt to you and feel its sweet, sweet threads upon your skin. And with that totally awkward comment out of the way, let's get back to the episode. new scene opens up the same cottage but it is the next morning uh birds are chirping in the distance uh there is a orange glow on the uh the cottage uh and inside 
we see the four of you uh, sitting around the living room. What are y'all doing? Or do we cut to before that? No, I didn't ask. Okay. Oh, wait, no, what were you saying? Well, Esther, when she comes into the room, um, she's moving a little slow. Um, On account of her many injuries. (laughs) (laughs) On account of being very injured. Um, And she just kind of walks in. What's with the birds here? I'm sorry? They just chirp incessantly in the morning. The happy Esther. But why? Because it's a new day. Nature Uh. is alive. They have a safe place to be. They love the world and each other. It's just obnoxious. So normally Muhammad's up before most everyone. Maybe Faye might be up earlier. I don't know. But um, this time he's just been sitting in his room. He slept in a chair. Um, uh, He hears Faye and Esther kind of arguing in their playful, normal way. Um, Okay, but in their normal way, their (laughs) banter. And um, he just kind of, he kind of half smiles, but it's still like a sad smile. Um, And he gets up and walks out into the room with them. Uh, Do we have a plan? What, What are we doing? Good morning. Would you like some breakfast and tea? Blum, blum, blum. Good morning. Breakfast and tea. <laughs> breakfast and tea. Would you like some breakfast and tea? Breakfast and tea for you, sir. <laughs> Good day. Good day. <laughs> Good morning, Mohammed. Would you like some breakfast or tea? Yeah, actually. Okay. Faye goes to get it, talking to herself. Not sure why that took so much thought, but <laughs> she brings out just normal stuff that just catfish fresh, crunch, just fresh fruit and and eggs. Perfect. Perfect. What do people eat? <laughs> what what's she breakfast, everybody? <laughs> um, but yeah, so Faye brings out stuff and. This is not a new routine. So, mm. you know, Faye, there's a table that she usually puts the breakfast and the tea and the snacks on because Did Faye, of course, has snacks. Um, and then sits down in the living room with her own tea. You said something about a plan. Well, we know to, we got to take on DeSantos, so... Would it, does the name Dres DeSantos mean anything to you? Um, of course. I mean, Dres DeSantos is the CEO of Legendary Solutions. Uh, he has his hands in multiple endeavors. He is the, the richest of the upper elite. I mean, I, he has always been on my list, but I never thought I would get to him for many, many years. He is at the top of... Many food chains. Well, we are also at the top of many food chains. Woodard squints his eyes and nods. Okay, honey. 
Faye looks expectantly at everyone. So do we know where he lives? Is this common knowledge? We know where he works. Oh, sure. (laughs) People don't work from home in this world. (laughs) I forgot. I mean, he's a CEO. How much work is he really doing? He's just profiting off of the indentured servitude of his employees. All right. Well, so how do we get to him? I agree with you, honey. Um, An elevator? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, very funny, Mohammed. Well, yes, we certainly could, but one, two of you are some of the most wanted people in the city, and I would assume by now, Drace DeSantos must know that we're coming for him. I mean, Linda was his lieutenant, correct? As a second-in-command to this entire operation. Surely he must know she's dead. Which means we need to move quicker. She has a point. <laughs> we need to get there. Because he's going to be moving into his endgame. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> as, Got him. As per the move. Uh, yes, uh, both Linda and Miss Minnie seemed adamant that the Cabal was very near doing what they needed to do. Oh, there's something I need to tell you all that I'm not sure I have brought up because it, it all happened very quickly. Um, when I left the car, when we were going to save Woodard, <laughs> and she like taps Woodard's leg as she says this, and I ran into the forest. Muhammad has a very sour look on his face about this whole thing. <laughs> I know, Muhammad, but it, it ended up working out. I knew you'd save Woodard. Um, anyways, um, so I ran into the woods, right? And um, I, I found a similar group to the group that attacked Bill's Island in the forest with Lisa. And she had killed them all. Um, and had also, she didn't survive either, but she survived long enough to crown me defender of the garden, which is why I now have a flower crown. This is the flower crown of the defender of nature. And that is... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I feel like that's a real reaction. That is why I was able to walk out through a tree um, we seem to have skipped over that part of of the adventure. Um, so, if we ever need a place to go to, one, um, we can all disappear in the forest and nobody can see us because I am the forest. And also, we can walk through trees to get places. Uh, I would like somebody to make a Ember Palpatine meme <laughs> with Faye's face imposed on it saying, I, I am, am the forest. <laughs> I am the forest. I am the forest. <laughs> Esther wants to so get up and walk outside there. and try to walk through a tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true. <laughs> yeah, Esther's going to get up and walk outside and try to walk through a tree. Okay. You don't. <laughs> Esther walks back inside. I don't think that it works. 
I didn't bestow the power onto you. You have to be with me. I don't need you to bestow I would, anything on me. I was also thinking <laughs> that, like... Bestow these nuts on you. <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him. Ow. Uh, oh, my gosh. I was also assuming that, like, you traveled via trees back to the cottage. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, that was just that was just an assumption on me. We did have Muhammad's car with us. Yeah, I mean we couldn't leave his car the there. Yeah, well, that's fair. I just thought Faye would be like, I do not use automobiles because they are gas and pollution. I will travel Maybe through the trees. Faye traveled through the trees. No, that's fair. I mean that's highly possible, but she still <laughs> didn't tell them about Lisa. Oh yeah, that's fair. That's All fair. right, keep going. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> um, questions. She looks at Woodard too. Um, I mean that will make. Getting to Legendary Solutions Plaza much more expedient. Uh, do you know, does, can you like sense trees? Is there a, a tree in Trace de Santos's office we could teleport to? I mean, Rich and. I'm just gonna walk through his spikes. <laughs> Rich and bougie people have things like that. Um, dear, I don't think he has a full tree in his office. Oh, very well. But just... I can certainly check. I mean, it was just an idea. There's no bad ideas in brainstorming. That's not entirely true. Well, okay. She's right. <laughs> um, but yes, I will, I will check for trees in... Uh, roll a check for trees for me. <laughs> it's a new move from yeah, the new a, nature book of City of Mist. It's a new move. You roll nothing and add nothing, and it does nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, dear. I wasn't able to tell. <laughs> well, I'll say it was a good idea, but apparently everyone disagrees with me. Very well. Um... We have a dragon. We have a castle. We don't have a dragon. Well, if we had a dragon, this would all go very differently. Very well. There is a dragon. <sighs> there is a castle. We shall storm it. Sound good? Yes, Buttercup. So, oh, no. uh... Should we get, like... I don't know. Fire retardant clothes. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, if he's a dragon. He's not necessarily a fire-breathing dragon. Do all dragons breathe fire? How do we make flame retardant clothing? I mean, I have a flower crown, so... That's gonna catch on fire. Correct. I mean, we could rob a fire station. Well... <laughs> <laughs> That's problematic. <laughs> that, that seems don't like love it would be that idea. heavy. Um, <laughs> we just show up and <laughs> just firefighter. What's up? <laughs> We're gonna fight your dragon. So, bitch, come get some. Ay, ay, ay. Love this episode. Um. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> That's the last truck. one. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. need to cope with humor. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, seriously. So, um, I suppose we should uh, prepare ourselves then. Make any necessary preparations we need for 
storming the castle of a little dragon. Pre- preparing ourselves with prep by preparation. <laughs> and if there's anywhere Esther needs to go to do her preparation, uh, you can borrow Muhammad's car. Nope, I'm all prepped. Ah, uh, well. Let's cut from that scene. <laughs> to each of you, I would like to go around the table. Each of you describe for me what may potentially be the last photo montage of Missed Conceptions. It's the final countdown. So, you can give attention to your logos, you can work the case, you can explore your mythos, you can prepare for your next activity. Or you can recover from your last activity. What would everyone like to do? Also, Faye, you have a guilty status uh, that's been lingering around since Lynn. Uh, I don't think you have that one anymore. Agreed. Uh, Mohammed and Esther, you both have lots of injuries. I'm at four, yeah. Uh, I would say, like, describe what you do. And, like, if we, if, like, appropriate, we'll say, okay, it's all gone. Um, because who who knows how long this preparation is going to take? Like, if it's a couple of days, a couple of hours, same day, whatever. Sure. Muhammad is going to call a friend of his in Woodard's, um, who he's helped out on a few cases. Um, who is their field doctor, and he's going to call him up, um, so he can come to the house and fix their wounds. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and we have the the scene. You know, the the dramatic music is playing underneath, uh, and we see a uh, a shot of like a doctor standing behind Mohammed's muscly body, and he's just running like a sewing needle through the wound and putting it all together, wrapping you up, uh, kind of like just this this prep sequence. Uh, do you want to add anything to that Mohammed thing that Mohammed is doing especially? Muhammad is uh, wrapping up his um, his knuckles, like almost like a boxer, um, and kind of flexing his his knuckles a bit while doing it. Uh, the doctor fixes him up. He kind of goes outside and has some like firewood set up on a um, on a stump, and he's kind of shifting his arm into the bear claw and sh- just shattering firewood um just prepping uh, as best he can and then you see him just gearing up into his um into his purple hoodie the event i love it let's cut over to esther esther what are you doing um she's stepping out of the shower and uh she's like looking at herself in the mirror um for the first time in a long time she like sees herself in the mirror instead of the daughter of Morty and she kind of smirks because she's starting to realize that she's her own person and she doesn't have to become her father and she doesn't have to continue to fight his battle like she she's coming into her own and so 
she's kind of standing a little straighter and she just feels like herself and she doesn't even know if she's ever felt that way before and then she is of course you know examining the wounds and taking the steps to bandage up and um but she's just got this new confidence that's come over her um and it's not a confidence that she's hiding behind uh so we see esther taping herself up preparing herself being confident finally in her own skin and her own identity uh and then faye um faye is going to prepare for her next activity so her first juice she would like to be um map of the city um nature's map of the city um i'll let you decide if this is okay david um the other two juice i would like to do is making her healing potion okay and i have two of those so you want two Two oh juices okay okay you use your juice to get juices okay yes and uh we see woodard uh like running through the forest vaulting over things his shirt off his body glistening with sweat in the dappled sunlight uh doing pull-ups on a limb uh we see him tuck and roll and dive and come up with his magical bow and arrow and shoot uh sundering a log in twain uh we see him going through all of these uh, motions and he uh, and training he gets his green hoodie throws it on zips it up throws his hood over his face pulls the gator up over his mouth and nose and then we cut from that to the four of you a tree opens up and Faye, Mohammed, Woodard and Esther step through the tree Faye using your map of the nature of the city found a tree that will open up right next to Legendary Solution Plaza uh, you step out onto a busy street, uh, and right across is Legendary Solutions Plaza, a monolith of a building, a steel and glass, um, towering above all the other buildings in the city. And you know at the top is your prey. Drace DeSantos. And as you stand there, there is a rumbling in the city. You feel everything shake and rumble and quake. People on the street pause and look around. Cars in the street screech to a stop. Doors open up and people get out looking confused, wondering what's happening. And then miles away, you see a stream of mist shoot into the air. Miles in the opposite direction, another stream of mist. And then again and again, these beacons of mist shooting up into the sky, joining and mixing with the clouds above them. And then you see them all start to expand. Just like the water treatment plant at 123 Blanco Street. They conjoin with each other forming a giant circular wall of mist that meets 
at Legendary Solutions Plaza and starts to expand outward. You watch as this wall uh, passes by buildings and opens up the sky above it. You see it rushing towards you. You brace yourselves just like you did at 123 Blanco Street. And then all of a sudden the wall stops. You look up and you see giant tattooed hands pressed up against the wall. You follow this line of sight and you see this giant figure covered in tattoos and tribal wear pressing against the wall, holding it closed. On the other side of the wall, or around this uh, circular wall, you see a second person, a second giant holding this wall at bay. You see a third holding the wall at bay. You see three of the four Bacab holding the circular wall from reaching out into the city. But there is a gap in the wall where a fourth should have been. That side of the wall ruptures. The mist explodes outwards. The three Bacab are overcome by the mist. The mist washes past them. And it washes past you. And you are in the city with no more mist. The blood red sky is above you. Everything is revealed to be its true nature. And from somewhere far overhead, you hear the deep bellowing roar of a dragon. End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. We'll be back with our next episode on September 6th. If you have a Facebook or a Twitter, we are on both of those social media platforms, and you can like us and follow us to get up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, and just silly memes whenever I post them. We also have an email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, if you would like to contact us that way. We also have a Discord, and if you would like to join that Discord and chat with us directly and chat with other friends of the show, please click the link below. This show is fully supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. We could not make the show without them. And if you would like to join that elite group of backers, please click the link below and give any amount you can. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music was composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at AaronWharton.net. Misconceptions is a product of the Misconceptions Podcast Network. We only have two episodes left, everybody. We're getting very close to the end, and I hope you're ready for it. Keep it nerdy, y'all.